Wow, it is good here, isn't it? No, it really is good. My job is that I go around the country in lots of different churches and I get up and I'm like, wow, it's amazing here. And sometimes I'm lying, yeah? It's not amazing. It's not amazing. But today, wow, I've loved it. I've loved it, the worship, the presence of God. Wonderful, wonderful. So my name's Mark and I'm Scottish. I don't know if there's anybody else from Scotland here. Wow, it's gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, everyone looking at the ground. No, there's no Scots here. I am, I am, I'm Scottish, and I get the massive privilege of taking the gospel to lots of different kind of settings. So I go to big events, I go to churches, I go to conferences, but also I take evangelism and I do evangelism in things like the Edinburgh Fringe which is like a comedy festival, happens every year. It's the largest comedy festival. And lots of people say to me, why do you do that? Why do you do the Edinburgh Fringe? You see, when I was a young lad, I lived in Musselburgh, which is just outside Edinburgh. And I used to go up every year to the Fringe and watch comedians absolutely rip the name of Jesus apart. They would shred Christianity to pieces. They would laugh at our faith. They would make jokes about Jesus on the cross. And I would sit there as a 15, 16 year old lad. I said, one day I am going to be on that stage and I am going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift his name up. And um. It's so exciting to tell you that we're getting these incredible opportunities. And I was at the Fringe this year. My venue was close to the Edinburgh Castle. And 70, 80% of, of the room are non-Christians. And they're all laughing and having a great time. And then there's this powerful moment. Right 60% of the way through the show, the cross gets placed right in the center place. And we bring the name of Jesus. And wow, we're seeing wonderful things happen. Praise God. And um, I'm getting opportunities to like, uh, recently I, I, I did some comedy and I did my evangelism in a pub in Belfast. And the leader of the church said, Mark, if you come and do the gospel, there is a good chance that you will get headbutted in the face. That is not a great intro, is it? Come, we welcome you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of standard if you live in Glasgow, but everywhere else is like, you know. And then basically, I'm like, why do I want to do that? I got up in this really rough pub in Belfast, and they give you feedback immediately, yeah? They do not write it in a form, yeah? They give you it verbally right there and then. But we had such a good laugh. And then, wow, the moment where I was able to place the cross in the center of that pub. And what an incredible privilege it is for me to take the cross to the most unlikely place. And I feel so blessed and privileged. Well, listen, I would love if you've got a Bible to grab it. We're going to look at an amazing part of the Bible in Luke chapter 10. And Jesus is telling a story. John, sorry, Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to, to Jericho. 
And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by onto the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers, he said? The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Amen. Amen. You see, this story of this man beaten, bossed, broken, damaged, ruined, thrown by the side of the road. You don't need me to come to tell you that we've got a generation that has been beaten and bossed and broken and damaged and left by the wayside. You know young people, you know older people who have been bossed and broken. The enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy He absolutely rips children and young people off and leaves them by the wayside. Men and women today that immediately come to your mind that are hurting, that are damaged, that are on the fringe, that are absolutely unheard, that are left devastated by the roadside. And I honestly feel that God has called me to come and speak to your soul, to come today to say, please do not cover your eyes. Do not cross the road. Do not try to hide your eyes from the brokenness. Sometimes it feels like church. We want to kind of get into a bubble and enjoy praising God and not get too involved in the world outside. Sometimes we're like, ah, it's too painful, it's too hurting, it's too broken to look on some of that stuff. But God is asking, he's asking that we would be moved by compassion. That we would see that devastated teenager. That we would see that hurting mom We would see that man damaged by alcohol and that we would not cover our eyes, but that we would do what the Samaritan did and cross the road and that we would get involved. Wow. That we would get involved. See, some of you will remember the Costa Concordia story. The big cruise ship that crashed into the rocks. And some of you will know that the ship began to sink and children and ladies and men were beginning to die, drown. And you'll also know that the captain, Captain Scazzario, he began to zip up the life jackets 
of these crew and that they got into a lifeboat and they sailed away from the ship while it was going down and children were dying. And there's this incredible, incredible exchange between the Italian coast guard and the captain of the ship. And it's all in Italian, but I've, I've read the words and I understand that Coast Guard is screaming, saying, go back to the ship. Go back to the damage. Go back. And the captain, he sounds like a little boy. He starts to cry. He says, it's too dark. It's cold. It's horrible atmosphere. I can't go back. And many of you will know that he sailed onto land and they scarpered. And now he's in prison because of that. And lots of people lost their lives. And today, the Holy Spirit speaks to the church, speaks to you, speaks to me, and says, will you go back to the broken? Will you go back to the ruined? All at church, we would never be a picture of those people zipping up each other's life jackets. And that we're sailing away from the world saying, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The rest of the world can go to hell. Oh, no. That as God speaks to us today, that we would go back. We would go back to the hurt and we would go back to the broken. We'd go back to the damaged. Even this next few weeks that you would be able to invite people to come and hear my good friend, J. John, and unpack the gospel and that some people would wonderfully find rescue on that amazing Sunday in December. You see, friend, we cannot just get in a huddle and just float away. Church is not about just getting into a little group and just holding on tight till Jesus gets back. It's about going to the broken and the lost. The second thing about the story is the good Samaritan, he had to be brave. You know, the priest and the Levite, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to get involved, but you know what? absolutely the Samaritan, he has to be brave. He has to take courage and get involved. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but by the Samaritan getting involved, maybe it was a trap and he would suddenly get set on and he would get beat up and lose everything. But he took courage. He got off his horse and he got involved. And in 2022, to get involved in people's lives takes bravery. You have to be brave. Um, I've, never been, I've never been a fighter. I'm not a big, tough guy. At school, I was a bit wimpy. I don't really like fights. I don't get involved in fights, yeah? I'm sure you're all thinking, that's great, pastor. We like a pastor that doesn't like fighting, yeah? But I've never been much of a fighter. But something happened to me. I, I went to work in Barnsley, right? I was born in Edinburgh, the most beautiful city in the world. And God sent me to Barnsley. 
which is not the most beautiful anything anywhere ever. And if someone's from Barnsley, I'm sorry. And uh, I was a youth pastor there. And we, on a Sunday night after church, we used to take the young people out to the park, get some McDonald's, throw a Frisbee around, have a bit of fun. And I was a youth pastor. And my wife was heavily, 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 heavily pregnant, yeah? Now, I want to tell you, there are two kind of ladies when it comes to getting pregnant. There are those ladies that get pregnant and you think, wow, you never notice. You hardly notice they're pregnant. They nip off to the loo and they have a baby and then they come back and everything's fine. Yeah, where have you been? Oh, I've just been to have a baby, yeah? It's amazing. And then you have the other ladies that get pregnant. They get pregnant. This was my wife. My wife got pregnant. Yeah. Oh, anywhere we went took about five and a half days, yeah? She would be walking like, oh. I mean, getting her to turn around, yeah, was a weekend's job, yeah? It was, oh. And Tamsin was, was, was really pregnant, eight and a half months. And there we were in the park, throwing a frisbee around, kicking a ball, having fun. And this group of guys, they'd been taking drugs, we found out later on. They came down the hill. The first thing that they did was they pushed one of the 12-year-old lads to the ground and started kicking him. And then a whole group of them gathered around my wife. Now I told you, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a big tough guy. But I think most of you know what happened. In that moment, when all these guys are around my wife and my baby's inside her tummy, something happened inside me. Suddenly there was a courage and a boldness came upon me. And I suddenly ran out with a couple other guys and we jumped in front of this little kid and we jumped in front of my wife and we said, no, stop, no further. Then I turned to the young people, I said, get back to the cars. And then I said to my wife, go as fast as you can. Go as fast as you can. And then we stood there, me and these two guys and a big gang of drug addicts that were all crazed. And I would love to tell you what an amazing God channel sermon this would be if I told you the gang of drug addicts looked and said, wow, there are men with swords all around you. There are six foot men who are guarding you. What an amazing story that would be. That didn't happen. I took the beating of my life. Oh, we all had to go to A&E. But we told them no further. What happened there? I'll tell you what happened. You see, courage is not the absence of fear. It's having a conviction that rises up in your soul that becomes bigger than your fear. Oh, church, so often we're timid. So often we're frightened. So often we're worried to tell people that we love Jesus, that we're worried to tell people about our faith because we don't want to offend anyone. Oh, I'd speak over our souls today that we would be full of courage, that we would be bold in the name of the Lord, 
that we would begin to speak the name of Jesus with authority. We would share our story with absolute wonderful clarity because it's not about not being afraid, but it's about having a conviction that is bigger and greater than your fear. I love this. And we've become friends. I like you guys. I hope you like me, but I hope you're not going to be offended by this. But you know, the, the good Samaritan, he had to get off his high horse and get down. Church, we've got to get off our high horse. We've got to get off our high horse, stop telling the world what we're against, start telling the world what we're for. We've got to stop being judgmental. We've got to stop kind of like wanting to be better than everybody else. All that's happening here today, friend, is that we are bust and broken people that have found the Lord and we're getting off our high horse and we're applying the oil and the wine. Oh, that we as a church would get off our high horse and that we would help people, that we would get in the dust with people, that we would get down amongst their brokenness and amongst their heart and amongst their ache. And I love that the good Samaritan, he traveled with this guy. He put the guy on his horse and he gets to the inn. He traveled. And I want to encourage us today. We've got a journey with people. We've got a journey with people. My wife and me, we absolutely love hosting people. We love having curry at our house. And a little while ago, we were chilling out watching the telly. And our phones both pinged. When both the phones ping at the same time, a message is coming through. Yeah. And we look, oh, and the message says, looking forward to coming. See you in 20 minutes. Do you want us to bring anything? We had forgotten that we had invited people for dinner. And they are coming. So I said, oh, 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 Tamsin, Tamsin, Tamsin. What we'll do is send a message back saying, oh, sorry, COVID days. Um, sorry, um, can't make it happen. COVID, 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 yeah? Because you mentioned COVID, you can get away with anything, yeah? You can get away with anything. I love that people are writing that down, yeah? And then my wife's like, no, she, she's a proper Christian. She says, no. Come on, Mark, we can do this. She writes me a shopping list. She goes, I'll start cleaning up. I'll get hoovering, I'll get tidying, and I'll start dinner. You get to Asda and get, okay, okay, okay. So I'm in Asda, I'm looking, I'm looking. Chicken, yeah, chicken, I know where that is. Yeah, rice, got the rice, yeah, yeah. Coconut milk, coconut milk. Ah, do you get coconut milk with the coconuts or do you get it with the milk, yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I ring my wife. Now my wife's busy hoovering, starting the dinner. I says, Tamsin, do you get the coconut milk with the coconuts or do you get it with the milk? She said, Mark, you are a fully grown man. Find the coconut milk. And she hung up. So I rang her back. And I said, I am a fully grown man. And I will find the coconut milk. And I hung up, yeah? Oh, yeah. 
always get the last word, yeah? People are writing that down as well. <laughs> so far, someone's got COVID. Always use COVID as an excuse and always get the last word, right? But now I'm in Asda looking. And I've got, oh, I do what all men do. If one lady can't help you, you find another lady, yeah? And I was like, I said, oh, can you help us? Can you help us? And the Asda lady was like, oh, okay. Now the thing is, you know that the Asda lady never went, oh, you get to the dog food, turn left at the toilet rolls, you'll find the spanners. Yeah, there they are. No, 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 of course, the Asda lady, she says, no, let me take you. And we're walking together. And I says, oh, I didn't know whether you got it with the coconut or you get it with the milk. And she goes, oh, that's funny. I says, well, phone my wife, yeah. And then, uh, and we get there. You see, all the supermarkets do it. Asda, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Lidl, no, yeah? Lidl, no one knows where anything is in Lidl. It's like, you know, you've got chicken, spanners, nappies, all in the same fridge, yeah? It's fine. But they all do it. Supermarkets have understood that you've got a journey with people. We, as a church, have got to wake up and realize that we've got a journey with people. We can't just shout and say, redemption, turn left at the dog food, salvation, pass the toilet rolls, and atonement, yep, yep, there it is. We've got a journey with people. We've got to go out for coffee. We've got to take them out. We've got to like work out what's happening in their life. God, what are you doing in my friend's life? I'm traveling with this person. I'm going to answer some questions. I'm going to find out about them. And we're like, say, oh, these Christmas events, what a brilliant opportunity to go out for a meal and then bring them or come here and then go for a meal, whatever. Journeying with people to see them come home to the Father. And lastly, there was a good Samaritan and he was applying the oil and the wine. And you know, I get the chance to preach in all kinds of settings and do evangelism in all kinds of wacky places, comedy clubs, theatres. But all of the events might change, but the message never changes. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that changes people's lives. See, the Good Samaritan he applied the oil and the wine. The wine, a wonderful, beautiful symbol for the blood of Jesus. The oil, a beautiful picture of grace. And I don't know if the band are able to come and help me, but you know, I, I wanted to say that in this moment, I know that there will be people in the room and, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, but I, I, I've never, what the blood of Jesus, what, what do you mean? What is that? You see, I don't know if you can remember as a kid, you know, my kids want to get like PlayStation 5 for Christmas, all the kind of gadgets. When I was a kid for Christmas, I got Etch-A-Sketch. Can anybody remember Etch-A-Sketch? Yes. Used to draw stuff and then you could just wipe it clean. Does everyone know what I'm chatting about? And when my son was little, we got him an Etch-A-Sketch. And he would do these drawings on it. And the worst nightmare as a dad is your little boy coming up and going, 
Dad, Dad, look what I've drawn. You get it. You look at it. You're like, oh, it's a giraffe. And he's like, no, Dad, it's not a giraffe. Oh, it's, a, it's an army tank. It's like, no, Daddy, no. Oh, ah. He goes, Daddy, it's you. <laughs> Come on. You know, the great thing about that was that all the effort and energy and having a go and trying wiped completely clean. And when we talk about the blood of Jesus, all of us in this room, we all trying our best. We're giving it our best shot. But the Bible says our best is not good enough. All of us trying to be good, trying to do well, it's not good enough. But the blood of Jesus comes, wipes it all clean that we can have a clean slate.